gotta be here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jews and Tools podcast. I am Coach Kev, and I am here with another uh, session for you guys today. Um, I want to thank all of you that have really been supporting the podcast. It means the world to me. Um, and because you guys have been supporting us in the world, we have decided to now broaden the spectrum and go ahead and start to do videos. Um we just want to keep advancing, keep advancing, and keep progressing. Uh, so I appreciate you all for following the podcast, going to IG, and looking at Jewels and Tools um, podcast, and on Facebook uh, with the same um, the same following. Um, I'm at a little bit of a loss for words today. Uh, this has been a very tumultuous process trying to get the videos posted um technological issues with the camera um trying to figure out um how to actually edit and things of that nature um but whenever you have any type of adversity you know all it does is stretches your capacity so i'm so glad to be doing this and finally bringing it out to you guys to where you can actually put a face with the voice um but we're going to go ahead and get into it um i've had I've, I've had the pleasure um over the last couple of months of actually working with some teenagers um who are in the foster care system who are attempting to get their ged so i do like life life training and life coaching with them and we actually have been going through some great material to prepare them for life after 18 and we started to have a, a guided discussion about smart goals um if you guys don't know what smart goals are smart goals are uh, goals that are specific measurable uh attainable realistic and time oriented so we're going through this process uh we're talking about what those goals are what they look like and how to actually really set them up and set yourself up to actually make plans of execution. And when we're going through this process, just listening to the kids and how they go about um, goal attainment, I had to take a step back because what I saw was that a lot of them, and not of them and also us, we have been programmed to not plan to actually execute. We have actually been programmed to plan and go through a process to fix problems and answer questions. But when you're out here in the real world and you're trying to get stuff done, that's not gonna always work, just honestly. Um, so Doug Deep really got into my cave and started looking at it. And what I found was that around the age of, I think, around like fourth or fifth grade, we learn the scientific method. And the scientific method uh, is a process that we use throughout our schooling. And we, but because we do it so often, um, and it's based upon repetition, it actually gets programmed into us. And before we know it, whenever we're faced with an issue 
we all are if we're faced with an opportunity we naturally start to go about um, either fixing that problem or going into that opportunity by using the scientific method so the scientific method says first you have to state a problem once you state the problem you start to collect data on that problem after you collect the data you come up with a hypothesis after you come up with the hypothesis you then test your data you do a um, um, a prototype or you do uh, what is it an experiment and after your experimentation you collect the data again then you research the data you analyze the data and then you come up with a conclusion and that's how many of us go through our process of when we are seeking to succeed in the goal or if we are attempting to explore an opportunity. And that's not optimal. I'm just gonna put it that way, it's not optimal. So what I've come up with is something called ascension planning. And basically ascension planning and ascension training is relearning the process of planning so that you can actually execute instead of going through this long drawn out method um, of trying to fix an issue. Now, let's start from the foundation. Um, one thing that I learned in corporate America is that you never assume anything. So we're gonna start off right at the foundation. You know, what is a plan? Take a few moments and write out what you think a plan is. I think to yourself of what you think a plan is, and I'll give you a few moments. All right, so everybody pretty much thinks they know what a plan is. So, know what a plan is, but what is planning? What is the actual, the process of actual planning? Think about that to yourself or write it down in your journal. Now, now I'm going to give you a functional definition of what planning is. Planning is defined as the function of one or more detailed plans to achieve optimal balance of needs or demands with available resources. And available resources includes identifying goals and objectives to be achieved, uh, the formulation of a strategy, arranging or creating means for successful completion, and implementation, direction, and supervision of the steps in a proper sequence. So I'm going to repeat that again. So planning is defined as the function of one or more detailed plans to achieve optimal balance of needs or demands with available resources. This includes identifying goals or objectives to be achieved the formulation of strategy, the arranging or creating of means for successful completion, and then the implementation, direction, and supervision of steps in a proper sequence. So first you gotta figure out what you're doing. Then you have to come up with the strategy, come up with your game plan. Then you have to make sure that either you're gonna arrange yourself or the things that you need are you going to have to go out and create the means in order for you to be successful and then you have to implement then you have to make sure that you're staying on course in the correct the proper direction 
and then you need to make sure that it's being supervised um, and make sure that it's in a, a in a proper sequence. That's what we're taught, the order of operations, right? Now, planning is a is a is a weird process, right? So, if you look right here, this is actually a visualization model of actually what the planning process looks like. And this is the planning process that a lot of companies have used for years, right? And just by looking at this, it looks very cluttered. Um, it's not really precise. You got arrows going everywhere. Um, so if I was, if you had never made a plan before and I said, hey, this is what the planning process looks like and I put this in front of you, um, a lot of you would just look at it and just stare at it, right? Because you have... Off to the side, you have collection of analysts, you have decision and support, you have application and evaluation, and then you have these three bubbles. Yeah, inventory resources, identifying problems, uh, determine objective, and analyze resource data. And all of these are all connected, right? Then you have these two other um, bubbles and it's like implement, implement the plan, evaluate the plan, formulate alternatives, evaluate alternatives, make decisions. And there's no real flow to this actual visualization of the actual planning process. So that means that the planning process are what we call the scientific method. It has some opportunities, right? And one of the opportunities that it has, um, when you have to identify available resources, this can actually lead to you putting your plans off until certain means have been met. Now, how many of you have been to yourself and come up with a great idea, something that would change, change your life, change your community, change the world? And when it hits you, you immediately start to think of the things that you need in order to bring 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 it to fruition, right? And a lot of times when we start to look at the resources side, one of the biggest things that keeps a lot of people from actually living out their dreams are um, bringing these ideas into um, realization is resources. A lot of times we might have a great idea, but we don't actually have the financial means in order to even get it started or so think we don't, right? So that's one opportunity in the planning process. Now, another one is when you go about and you start to analyze and collect data. Um, in, in, in the formation of practice, this, is, this can actually lead to what they call the law of diminishing intent and rebuttal of initial value statement. So once I, let's say I get to the point where I come up with the idea and I say, okay, I'm going to move forward. But then when I start to do some research to see what all it entails, sometimes I can get to the point where I say, okay, well, right now might not be the best time for me in order to do this, right? And what that is, that brings forth what they call the law of diminishing intent. And basically what this law, it basically states that whenever you have an idea to start on an endeavor and you don't immediately start to put it into practice and bring it to fruition, the chances are the longer that you wait, the more unlikely you are to ever fulfill that goal, 
right? And now what this also does when you're doing that, um, when you're collecting data and you're analyzing, a lot of us start to see that it loses its value for us because we're thinking, okay, we have this grand idea. Um, we think that it's going to be great, but many times we get to the point to where we're like, all right, is this even, is it, is it worth it? Right. Um, so that stops us in our tracks a lot of times. Now, I want to go back into the law of diminishing intent and really give you the definition of it. Um, the law of diminishing intent is defined as the process of losing interest in a calling, assignment, objective, or opportunity due to lack of immediate action. I'll repeat that again. The law of diminished intent is defined as the process of losing interest in a calling, assignment, objective, or opportunity due to the lack of immediate action. If you are serious about progressing and leveling up in your life, whenever you have an idea, you have to immediately start. Like, no waiting, put your first foot forward, because what that is, that's an exercise of faith. And if it has value for you, that means nine times out of 10, someone else will value it. So you have to continue to chip off by doing what you can do when you can do it. Um, and then making sure that you're going through a process to actually put the right pieces in place in order for you to be successful. So I want to go back into some of the opportunities in the planning process. Now, we talked about when we have to identify available resources, um, that can make us just say, you know, I have to wait until I'm in a position in order to do so. Now, I'll give you an example. I had a great idea about opening up a juice truck, right? Now, at the time, all I had was one little small juicer that I bought from my Amazon. Um, but the reason how I got the idea, I was at a great place down here in Tampa um, by the name of Amateurs. They have a, 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 a cold-pressed juice bar. I tasted it. It was trash. Terrible. It was mostly water. And then they had the audacity. It came in a glass bottle. Then they had the audacity to, to say that I had to bring the glass bottle back. And it was like $8. So I was like, nah, this is, this is not where it's at. Um, my mom had got a juicer for Christmas. I used her juicer. And my juices were a thousand times better. That called me to go ahead and buy my own juicer. Once I bought my own juicer, I just started to experiment, putting all different fruits together, coming up with different flavors. And me, my wife, and my family, we were enjoying it. So I, the wheel started turning, okay? What can I do in order to prepare myself to open up a juice bar? So I immediately didn't wait. I looked into my bank account, didn't have an astronomical amount of money to actually go and you know lease out a building or buy an actual truck or anything of that nature. So I started where I could start off at. I actually went, found a container store, bought some bottles, and started bottling up my juices and selling them at work 
and then selling them to uh, at my actual church. Right now, fast forward six months later, I'm still doing the same thing, but now I'm going through a process of actually getting myself into position to where I might be able to go get a truck. Right? Or I've actually been able to find some retail spaces where the prices aren't that bad. The only thing now that I have to do is just secure a couple of investors and then go ahead and open up. Now, that'll be a turnkey business that I can set up, probably spend about, you know, 90 days actually having to be there every day, get everything set up, and then go through the process of just basically stepping out of it to where that's now residual income for myself, right? So, you want to always make sure that you start where you can start, okay? Remember that. Whenever you have an idea, start immediately and then start where you can start. Now, another thing about, you know, collecting data is that it's a timely process with most endeavors, um, especially if you want to open up a business um, and if you want to um, open up a business, if you want to start a nonprofit, um, if you want to, you know, get a trademark on an uh, invention, things of that nature, it takes a, it, it, the, the process of actually collecting the data and learning and gaining the knowledge on how to do so properly. It's, trust me, I've done it for a long time. It's a long, drawn-out process, right? So, what you want to do instead of analyzing data, you can always go in, get an idea, see what it is. But once you get to the point to where your data collection is starting to defeat you, that doesn't mean that you stop. What that means is you start to look at your network. Start to look at your network. Start to look to see if there's anyone that's in your circles that you can reach out to who might have the knowledge that you need in order to bring your dreams to fruition. And if you don't make it your business, once again, if you don't make it your business to find someone who does, it's that simple. Bringing your dreams and living out your purpose is that simple. If you don't know how to do it, find someone who does. You gotta have a circle of counselors. You got to. Now, um, one of my biggest gripes with what we see as the planning process and what we have learned with the scientific method of solving problems is that it's linear, right? It's step one, step two, step three, step four, and step five, and step six, right? Now, steps are great. In certain things in your life, you do need to have steps because you need to have order, right? But now, which is greater, order or opportunity? Ask yourself that question, which, which is greater? Which is gonna bring me more success, order or opportunity, all right? Now, we've been programmed to place order 
then opportunity where it should be the opposite. We should flip it, flip, flip flop, right? It should be opportunity. And then once you go and endeavor the opportunity, you then start to place in order the things that you need in order to be successful, right? Now, the, 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 big, the reason why the order of operations has always been a gripe of mine is because it's all about what you can do when you can do it in order to be successful. The individuals that know this are the individuals that are winning right now, right? A lot of times what, what we would do when we're going through our planning process, we'll have these steps, step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, all the way to a, a billion if you if you must. But there's going to be time where people, just like myself, because I've done this, I might have... It's a Friday, and I might have an opportunity to complete step five, but because I haven't completed steps two, three, and four, I wait. Instead of seizing that moment, I wait until I get two, three, and four done. That's a terrible way of trying to be successful and trying to live out your dreams and living your purpose. When you have opportunity, you have to execute on that opportunity with the way that we've been programmed in order to do things we don't do that we wait we we can have the opportunity to skip two three four and five do six and we will actually wait we will wait we'll say i don't know i gotta do these first right because in our minds we've actually programmed and said okay I've looked at this planning process. I wrote it down. It's in my memory now. And at that point, it's almost like there's a block to keep us from seizing those opportunities. So by looking at this, I came up with Ascension Planning because realistically, as a believer, now as a believer, I had to understand that my purpose, my destiny, my, my whole reason for being created is not to move linear forward. I'm not supposed to be moving forward, right? And I'm like, what, what do you mean? And I, I'm not supposed to be progressing forward at all. Forward, if I'm constantly moving forward, guess what? I'm still on the same level, right? And we're about leveling up. And as a believer, our whole thing is we want to go where? Move to heaven, right? So I started to look at that and I said, All right, we've been looking at this progression thing the wrong way. We should not be concerned about progressing forward, but we should be concerned about our real design and ascending. Ascending is going up, right? Going up, going up, going up. So I really started to look at this in the natural and I came up with something um, that I've done with my students to really sell to them and get their buy-in on reformulating and reprogramming their thinking so what I do I get three tables right take a table stand it up upright and in front of each table 
I put a chair. Then, behind the first chair, I take, and I have a ladder. Behind the first chair, I take two students. And I tell them, I assign one to the ladder, and I assign one to the chairs. And they let us know what their goals are, and we basically go through like a, almost like a trivia about their goals. And every time that they get something right, um, or they make a great point, the person on the ladder takes a step up, right? The person in the chair gets to move from one chair to the next chair. And at the end, we have a bucket. And basically in this bucket, we're either going to put something good, like candy or something like that, or something not so great to kids, like paper, art book. And what we've seen is that the people who are sitting in the chairs, those tables are obstacles, right? So they have to do something in order to get around that obstacle. Once they get around that obstacle, they're now sitting in the next step, but then there's another obstacle in their way. On the ladder, that's not the case. So what the people on the ladder are able to do as they progress up, they still have to put in effort, but it changes their point of view. It changes their vantage point. So they get to a point to where they can actually look over all the obstacles, see what's in the last chair in the bucket, and then make a decision on whether or not they want to continue or not, all right? This is a great exercise. And the kids are starting to learn that, okay, I got to change my way of thinking. Um, if I'm constantly putting myself in a position to move upward, it's giving me a better vantage point to where now I have a clear field of vision and I'm able to see, okay, oncoming obstacles um, and pitfalls versus just going through the progression of these steps. So once we started to do that, I started to say, okay, let's go ahead and formulate an actual plan for ascension in order to help you get to your goals quicker or something that we all need to learn or find to the point to where we can fail fast. Um, a lot of us spend a lot of time trying to complete endeavors when all we really needed to do, if, if we put ourselves in the right position, we can see that it really doesn't have the value in which we thought and we can cut it off right then, right? That saves a lot of time, which makes us more effective and more efficient. Because if it's something that we can fail fast on, we can either approve on that model or make the decision to go ahead to the next thing, right? And now we're being more effective and more efficient. So what I actually came up with is this here. Um, so I want to give you a foundational, a foundational definition of the ascension process, our ascension planning. Um, ascension planning is the method of planning that follows the attended models for believers uh, of aligning processes in an upward movement, which allows individuals and group, the groups the freedom to work and rework the planning process without wasting time, our resources are halting development, are halting development, and 
progression due to scarcity. Let me say that again. Fumbled a little bit. <laughs> now, once again, ascension planning is the method of planning that follows the attendant model for believers of aligning processes in an upward movement which allows individuals and groups the freedom to work and rework the planning process without wasting time and resources or halting development or progression due to scarcity. So, a couple of things there. One, with this process, it allows you within your own plan, within your own um, process, you have the ability to work and rework. The great thing about work and rework is that, like I said earlier, if it has value to you, always work it. Always work it until you get your value out of it that you see, right? Two, it doesn't think about, it doesn't think about scarcity, right? It doesn't think about, it's not based upon what you have Currently, it's a model to where as long as you continue to be active, excuse me, as long as you continue to be active, you have the ability to get everything that you want out of the process. And the big thing, it doesn't halt development. It doesn't halt development because you're always in a system of action, right? If you have a goal and it's going to take you, you have to do a hundred things to reach that goal. You can't afford to do complete one goal and then take 30 days off. So with the essential planning, once your plan is written out, you have accountability partners. And then what they do, they make sure that you are actively engaging in those plans consistently. Check-ins. Hey, it's Wednesday. Hey, bull. What you got going on? I understand that you got a food truck coming. How's it going? I know you got a new house. You know those are the things that why you have accountability partners in this process. Now, so I want to show you what this actually looks like, right? And there's are there are some uh, essential and foundational things that in order for you to be truly successful. So there's some things that you're going to need in order to be truly successful with this essential planning model. So if you look here, the first thing that you have to understand, you first have to understand not only the purpose of the attainment of this goal, you also have to make sure that it's aligned with your core purpose. You got to want to understand that in order for something to really have value for you in your life, it has to be a test to who you think you are, who you want to be, and how you want to be it. So that's the first thing that you want to always operate, make sure that you're operating to. Because if you have a goal that you want to attain, and you know that it's a part of you, and it's a part of the future you that you see inside of your head, it immediately has value, okay? So always write out not only the purpose of the goal, but also how it connects with your core purpose, all right? Two, the desire. Why is it desirable for you? Why do you want to open a juice bar? Right? For me, my goal, juice bar, three reasons. One, 
I just think I can make damn good juice. And I want the world to know I can make damn good juice. Two, I want to use this as an opportunity, as a meeting place for young adults in order to come, fellowship, and network in order to build their own brands, right? And then number three, there's a financial equivalent for work. I want to make money off of it. And making money is fine for it to be a desire. You just can't have it to be the only desire that you have in order to go into something, all right? And then this one is so big, thinking, right? In your planning process, you have to make sure that you are cultivating a garden in your mind about your goal that is lush and fruitful and not full of weeds and uh, sticker bears and all of that, right? Your thinking is so important, important when you're trying to go through an endeavor of achieving a goal. If I'm trying to achieve something and the only thing I'm thinking about is, oh man, this is too much work. Man, it's, it's, it's taking too long. You know, what's going to build is frustration and and eventually I'm going to stop, right? That's one thing. Another thing is that when I think of an idea that is awesome and I see that it has value, my next thought should not be, oh, I can't do it because of, oh, I can't do this because I don't have money. Oh, I can't do this because I don't have this or I don't have that. You want to cut that down at the root, right? You have to be able to control your thinking. If you go through the process of coming up with ideas, which most of us do, and usually when we come up with the idea, the immediate, the next thought is something negative, you're going to have to train yourself in order to, it's called auto-suggestion. You're going to have to auto-suggest to yourself that it's worth your while. How do you do this? If I think about an idea... Then the, the next thing is that it's something negative or something that's limiting to me bringing that idea to fruition. Force yourself to sit in that same spot where you thought of that negative thought and force yourself to think positively for 15 minutes about that goal. Right. And then every time where you're going through the process, every time a negative thought comes in, you follow the same trait. By the end of the process, you're not going to be thinking anything negative. It's always going to be positive. Butterflies and rainbows, Ryan, when it comes to when you are going through your process of goal attainment, butterflies and rainbows. Butterflies and rainbows all day. All right. Now, now once you get your purpose, your desire, and your thinking all on the same level, your eyes are going to open up. The idea is great, right? The idea is great. You kind of see it. It's still kind of fuzzy. Um, but it's almost through a veil. Like, you can see it, but you don't really know what it's going to, uh, what it's going to encompass and, like, how you're going to get there. But once you get your purpose, your desire, and your thinking all on the same level and moving toward positivity, that's going to birth vision, Right? Once you get the vision, that's when you really can start writing out exactly what you see, exactly what you want, exactly how you want to go about doing it, exactly what you need, exactly who you need in order to, 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 to be successful. 
But you have to, before you can get, before vision can be birthed, you have to have purpose, you have to have desire, and you have to make sure that your thinking is in order. All right? Now, once you go through the vision process, like I stated, that's when you really get busy and start really writing out the detail and the specifics of the actual plan, of your model. See, this is the great thing about this is plan. It's a skeleton system, but it's your model. You build it out the way that you want to build it out. Now, once you get to the vision part, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, uh, Habakkuk 2 and 2. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain upon tables that he may run that, that he may run that readeth it, right? Translate it. Write the vision, make it plain, and then have action, be progressive when you read it. So, once you start writing down this vision, you should be reading this vision at least twice a day. I guess, at least twice a day. As you can see right here, I have goals, I have my to-do list, I have my 30 days, I have my year. I have the projects that I'm working on. I have the amount of money that I'm going to make within a certain time frame. I have these posted in a place in my home to where I have to read these, right? When I get up in the morning, the first thing that I do after I pray, brush my teeth, wash my face, do all of that, I come right here in front of this board. All right, bum, bum, bum. I've been doing this for almost 30 days now. Um, something that I learned in my early 20s, but never stayed consistent at it. Here we go. This is my new way of life. This is my new lifestyle because I know my purpose. I have a desire. My thinking is in the right spot. I have the vision. It's nothing to make sure that I'm going through and reading out my vision at least twice a day. It will put it will order your steps so much just by doing that. Totally order your steps just by making sure that twice a day you're reading what you wrote down. You're reading out loud what you want for yourself, what the vision is that you see for yourself. And once again, that's a back to it too. Highlight that. Highlight that post somewhere. Universal law. Now, with vision, there's four C's to vision. All right? So, with vision, you want to make sure that your vision has these four things. One, you want to make sure that it's clear. Okay? And clear is the is defined as well thought out, feet free of obstructions, easy to understand, perceive, and interpret. Right? Because a part of you know being successful is at some point you're gonna have to articulate your vision to other individuals, whether it be your accountability partner, whether it be family members, whether it be friends whether it be investors, whether it be the bank, 
you're going to have to be able to clearly and concisely go ahead and speak out your vision, right? How can you do that? Once you write it out, you're reading it twice a day, you're going to take it to memory, right? But at the same time, all right, I need to change this. I think this is better, right? Clear, right? Repetition is going to make it more clear for you, all right? Now, you want to make sure it's concise. Concise is defined as brief but comprehensive, all right? So almost like a... A like a vision statement or um, a mission statement. You know, a mission statement is supposed to be set up to be no more than three sentences, right? You want to make sure that the vision that you can every vision should have a mission statement behind it. Bum bum bum. Um, for me, for my nonprofit, our vision, our our mission statement, my vision slash mission statement is to. Build better homes, families, communities through providing resources to young adults and families in order to get them to the the next level of their comprehension. That's one of the one of the um, one of the mission statements. Now, also with this, you want to make sure that it's concrete, right? You want to make sure that it's solid and ready to take on adversity. Right, it got to be strong. It got to be hard. Like it got to be able to take a punch, because whenever you start to ascend, there's some things that come along with ascension. Right? If you ever flew, there's gonna be a point in almost every flight you're gonna hit some turbulence. Right? You're gonna hit some turbulence. So want to make sure that it's concrete all right and now the last c for your vision you want to make sure that it's compelling you want to make sure that when you talk about it people feel your vision um it's almost like um i use Nas for example right i love rap love i love all music but one of the things that makes Nas a great rapper um, our lyricists or whatever you whatever y'all call it is because he when with certain things that he raps it's so compelling that even if your eyes are open a movie is playing in your head that's what compelling is you want to make sure that when you are telling people this clear concise and concrete vision that you have and you're talking to them from a place of pure emotion that it, it, it paints a picture for them even while they have their eyes open. That's what compelling is. Compelling uh, will allow for people to become emotionally attached to your vision, to what you want. And that's, that's needed for success. Point blank period. Alright? Now, we have our purpose, we understand our passion, we have our thinking, those are aligned. We now have our vision, it's clear, it's concise, it's concrete, and it's compelling. Now what we want to do. Now, praise. It's praise time, right? 
And praise, even though I'm a believer, praise isn't always, oh, thank you, God, Jesus. Praise is actually being in a consistent state of gratitude, right? And it's not just gratitude to God or, you know, your creator, whoever you choose to believe in. It's not just the gratitude to, to, to God, but it's also gratitude to everything around you, right? Because once you start to live out your vision, you have to understand that you're doing more and you've been given more than most people have the opportunity to do. Everybody has the opportunity to live out something. But to live out a vision, it's it's one of the sweetest places that you will ever feel in your life. It's the sweetest thing you ever know, like Lauren Hill says. It's like a kiss on the collarbone. Because and you and you want to be you want to show gratitude for that. Because if you're living at your vision and you and you start to look at the people and things around you that you're ascending from, you gotta show you, you gotta show gratitude for that because you can still be stuck here, but by your effort and grace and mercy, you're ascending. You're moving higher. Your vantage point is changing. You're you're seeing more. Your eyes are. Your eyes are becoming wider. You're 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 able to see things that you've never been seen been able to see before. Gratitude. That's gratitude to God. That's gratitude, friends, family. Gratitude to your enemy, your haters. Gratitude. Because what gratitude is going to bring on, gratitude is going to bring on joy. Now. Um, one of my mentors before he became my mentor um, Dr. James Fazell um, a great man of God um, I, I hope that one day I can be somewhat like him um, he was teaching uh, one of my classes and in this class, he said something that made me seek him out to be a mentor. Um, I'm just know it all. I think I know everything. Um, and when I'm given new information, it's attractive to me. So he was sitting, I can't even remember what class it was, but he said something that totally changed my life. And this is the reason why I want to make sure that you have the spirit of gratitude when you start to live out and write out your vision. He said that when you get into the attitude of praise, um, you become pregnant. And like he had a whole breakdown. Like he had the he had the Greek word for praise that's actually in the Bible and what it means. And what it means is actually to get pregnant. When you're in a place of gratitude, you open yourself up to receive more. To become pregnant. You become pregnant with more ideas. And that praise is essential and that spirit of gratitude is essential when you start to live out your vision because if you're opening yourself up to the positive energies, 
that's going to allow you to see obstacles and roadblocks before they even become a problem. Right? And so since you're already open and you're, 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 you have the spirit of gratitude about yourself, when you start to see these obstacles, it's not going to be like most of the time when you see obstacles, it's not going to be a frustration matter because you're already open. You're, you're, you're shining, you're bubbling, right? So one of the hardest things to do is to fix a problem when you're frustrated. But, right? But now if you're in a place where I'm not frustrated, I'm open, I'm happy. Oh, I see this coming. Oh, let me just uh, let me just move this. It's, it's, it's easier that way. So praise is important. Praise is important because you need to be showing gratitude. And then by going through that process, you're going to become pregnant with more information on how to be more effective and more efficient. All right. Now, after you praise, now you want to make sure that you prepare. Right. You got your purpose, you got your passion, you got your thinking all in order, your vision, you, you, you see it. You're happy about it. You're showing gratitude about it. Now it's time for me to dig deep and start preparing. I got to start, okay, let me do this. Let me do that. Let me make sure I cut out this amount of time for my day um, going forward. You know, I need to make sure that I, I, I owe myself an hour a day to work on this goal. No matter what I have going on, I have to spend at least an hour in order to get this done. And it's, you know, it's just a straight focused hour, um, but I need to make sure that I put my ducks in a row. Now, once you start to prepare, the next thing is practice. Practice? You talking about practice? Yes, we are talking about practice. Once you start to prepare, now it's time to practice. You got to start to put that thing in motion, right? Do a little bit. Get a little bit done. Because the thing about practice, when you're going through the planning, the ascension process, is that practice is not the same thing as preparation. Preparation is getting things in line and, you know, meeting those opportunities. Practice, practice is actually, if you ever played sports, right? Practice is me doing are having things modeled for me, what I'm going to do in real time in the future doing a competitive session. So while I'm practicing, I might shoot one thing that I hate to do. I, I hate it. I hate it. one thing I hate in the basketball, suicides. <sighs> hate that part of practice. They making us do suicides, right? Right? But then I got an appreciation for suicides when I was able to run back and forth down the court without being winded, right? The practice was suicide. But those suicides was getting me ready to actually act and do what I was doing inside of the game. Now, also in practice, so practice prepares you. But then also what practice does, practice allows you to get a feel for what's going to happen in that competitive session. So if I'm preparing, I also need to set a time aside for me 
to actually do exactly what I plan on and see myself doing in the future, right? This is one of the reasons why I'm doing this now. I am going to be a, a motivational speaker, I believe, or a training and development coach. So in order for me to do that, this is my practice. This is the reason why I do the podcast is because I need to I, I needed to make sure that I'm placing myself in a situation to where I'm able to vocalize these great ideas that I have in my head. And then I also get feedback from individuals like yourself for me to make it better. This is my practice. This is not my game. Podcasting is not my game. Podcasting is my practice. Right? Starting to make sense to you? So whatever your whatever your goal is, you need to find something to where you can practice it. Because what practice makes perfect. Get into the repetition of it. So when you get into the game, it's easy. It's it's motion. It's it's it's, it's effortless. It's muscle memory, right? Now, just a few things. Um, I'm going to explain to you why praise is a part of the planning process. Praise opens uh, the connection between you and God. Praise can open up doors of opportunity. Um, praise can defeat enemies. Bill Psalms, David Alday. If you're not familiar with the book of Psalms, it's mostly by King David. King David was beefing hard with Saul because his purpose, his, his kingdom purpose was to become uh, the king, become King David. Saul was the actual standing king. And if if, if some of the Psalms were hip hop album, it'd, it'd be like some Tupac. Real talk. Um, because of some of the things that David was saying. But at the same time, he stayed in the attitude of praise and gratitude. He would thank God. He would he would he would, you know, get down on God, like God, why? But then he would come right back and say, like, Oh God, you're the most beautiful thing. Thank you for this. Thank you, thank you, thank you for thank you for allowing me to live in a cave, you know. Allow just just for me to have life. Now also, praise can deliver you from situations. Like I said, it can, it can deliver you from um, from some of the obstacles and um, that might try to get in your way. And now, also, praise can lead to the birth of success. Because, like I stated, when you are in the spirit of gratitude. You're opening yourself up to positive energy. Your mind is in a positive spot. Guess what? You're going to start attracting. The law of attraction comes into play. Thank you. Like, you're constantly telling, saying thank you, right? People are going to start coming to you and telling you thank you and giving you what you need. Um, now, the reason why preparation is essential... Uh, preparation is a virtue of the wise. Um, anybody who is planning to execute, they make sure they put their ducks in a the row. 
um, the military, they prepare for everything that they do in order to be good at what they do. Preparation is essential. There are certain things that you just can't go in and just jump into. Um, not going to happen. Now, now, preparation, it also allows for individuals and group to recognize the pain points and areas of opportunity. So if I'm preparing and I'm getting things together and I'm saying, you know what, there's a lack. You know, I'm, I'm preparing to um, start to do motivational speaking. Um, I need to make sure that I got me a team because one, I'm not going to really be, want to or have to travel by myself um, because once I start to travel, I'm not going to be able to man the camera, do the audio and all that. I have to make sure that I got to get me a team together. But this is part of the preparation process. So now it's on my list. Get the team together. Get creatives in order to help me with my success while I help them live their success. Um, now, Preparation also allows for individuals and groups and groups to seek wise counsel. So in Proverbs 15 22, it says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. People say whatever they want to say about the Bible. People say whatever they want to say about God, right? But what I'm telling you right now, it's 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 game in that book. There, the the universal laws are in that book. It says if plans fail because of lack of counsel, like if you don't have somewhere, someone attached to you that has the knowledge or has been to where you're attempting to go, it's going to be hard for you to get there. So if I am an athlete, let's say I play basketball. Right, and my high school coach never played college ball. His resources are never played college ball, or let's just say he never played ball at all. Like he's just he just filled in. My my basketball my high school basketball coach is my driver head instructor. He just coaching just to get extra money. Right, it's gonna be hard for me to get to that next level with just his tutelage. So what I have to do, I have to make sure that I seek out, that I seek out individuals who have either been exposed to the next level, understand the next level, or are in the next level in order to prepare me for that level, right? One of the, one of the big things that I'm going through in this season of my life is learning how to be a good husband, right? And my cousin got on me the other day. Um, she told me that, you know, you hang out with your friends, it's all good and dandy, but you need to make sure that you are spending time with married couples uh, that are at the point where you see your marriage in within the next 10 years. That's who you need to be spending your time with. Tough pill, tough, tough pill to swallow. Uh, swallow. I love hanging around my homeboys, but they're even though they're married, they got significant other things of that nature. 
they're not where I want to be in the next 10 years, right? So now I have to open myself up and, and, and seek out the individuals that are. Because in order for me to be a good husband, the type of husband that I want to be, I have to make sure that I have counsel. It's free game. Once again, that's Proverbs 15 and 22. Highlight that. So you got Habakkuk 2 and 2, and you got Proverbs 15 22. How about that? All right. Now, preparation also allows time to be spent with God. And spending time with God is going to maximize uh, time spent dealing with top uh, possible obstacles. All right. And then <clears throat> preparation allows time to be spent with God. And that time spent with God will minimize the time spent having to deal with possible obstacles, right? When you create an atmosphere to where you're making sure that you're sectioning off time to actually just meditate on what's going on, how you're doing, you're expressing thanks to God and asking God to order your steps, that's going to take away from you having to deal with obstacles because that's what you're going to be birthed with. The opportunities, he's going to order your steps. He's going to give you foresight um, into what's going on. And he's going to bring the people that you need into your life to where you don't have to deal with all of the, all of the extra. But you have to make sure that you're, that you're sectioning off time for that as well. Now, uh, preparation creates a spirit of cooperation. All right. So in Proverbs 20:18, it says, make plans by seeking advice. If you wage war, obtain guidance. Right. So you make plans, you seek advice. All right. But when, when you're in these trenches, you got to make sure that you have guidance. So. I love like like Robin Hood movies and uh, like those medieval time movies where they have the kings, right? And every king, and I hate to say it, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones really kind of let me down, so I even hate to have to use this as a reference. But for every for every king that was in that series, they had the hand. Um, well, most of them had the hand, but all of them had advisors. There is no one person who was who, who was a king or a queen or a princess in there who didn't have advisors. The only one who really didn't have advisors was uh, I can't think of my boy name, the wildling with the red hair. You know, all he had was his horn cup, but he wasn't. You know, he, he, he wasn't, he was a person of power uh, and influence, but he wasn't royalty in, in their sense. But everybody else has a hand. They had a, a, they had a council. So in order for you to be successful, in order, you know, are y'all talking about y'all kings and queens? If you're a king and queen, who is your council? What is your council made up of? Because your success as a king or a queen is going to be dependent 
on who you're seeking counsel from. How about that? Let me let that marinate for a second. If you're calling yourself a king or a queen, who is your counsel? Who do you have around you? And I'm talking to myself right now, too. <clears throat> All right. Now, practice. Yes, we're talking about practice. Practice is defined as the actual application or use of an idea, belief, or method, right? So I'm when I'm practicing, I'm applying my ideas, I'm applying my beliefs, I'm applying the methods that I think I'll be able to do in order to meet my goal. Now Practice allows for the recognition of the processes needed to be successful. So if I'm trying to be a motivational speaker and when I'm talking to people, I see that that do all come out of me a lot. And yeah, that do all come out. Do all come out and before you know it, I'm talking fast. It's, it's in a high octave, and you can't really understand exactly what I'm articulating. So now I need to go through a process of when I get excited and how to actually articulate my words, and you know, make sure that I'm making eye contact and I'm not moving as much. Um, I'm not always talking with my hands. Um, I wouldn't know these things if I wasn't putting what I want to do into practice. All right? Whatever you want to do, whatever you see yourself as being, you need to start to practice in order to see where opportunities are in order for you to improve and be that person that you're seeing in your head. All right? Now, the purpose of practice is to mandate commitment to action. I'm gonna say that again. The purpose of practice is to mandate commitment to action. When you are, uh, and I go back to basketball because you know that's a, that's what I play. I play basketball, play a little bit of football. One good, another, neither one of them. But when you go through practice. Let's say free throws. If I'm at practice, at the end of practice, I know that I got to shoot 50 free throws at the end of every practice, right? But now let's say I got the, the shaker fake. I'm not that great at free throws. So instead of doing 50, I'm going to tell myself, okay, I got to do 100, right? Everybody else doing 50, I'm doing 100. What that's doing, I'm committing, right? I'm committing to the action of that free throw. Committing to the action of that free throw. And while I'm doing it, I'm starting to say, hey, I might find a little rhythm that make it a little bit better. Oh, okay. Oh, if I if I keep it there, yeah, okay, there it or one, two. Okay, now I got a rhythm, right? Now, that commitment of that action, it actually transfers over into what? The game. But in order for me to learn that action, I first have to mandate the commitment to doing it. 
Proverbs 16 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. I'm going to say that again. Proverbs 16 3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Commitment of action and the spirit of gratitude. Success. It's not hard. We make it harder than what it is. All right. Now, practice also shows areas of opportunity while allowing time and the allocation of resources to be used in order to prevent possible issues. So if I'm practicing, my second favorite sport, boxing. Um, Maverick Carter, LeBron, and another guy just did a great documentary on Muhammad Ali. Uh, what's my name? <sighs> Muhammad Ali is probably, he's in my top five of greatest people of all time. I love his movies, love his documentaries, and this is the most complete documentary uh, that I've seen. Um, a lot of footage that I've never seen before is, is awesome, right? Now, in one of his fights, leading up to one of his leading up to one of his fights, he he had a he had a sparring partner. Whenever you box, you have a sparring partner, sparring partners, right? Boxing, boxing, boxing. Probably about two or three weeks before the actual match, he gets hit. Sparring partner holds off, hit him in the rib, bam, breaks his rib. Now. There's only three weeks out from the fight. He's been training one way, but now he know he can't. He 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 didn't want to. He could have, but he didn't want to call the fight. Now he had been practicing on what he needed to do in order to defeat this um, this individual. Right now, obstacle pops up, but he still has time in order to prepare himself to make little adjustments so he can still obtain his goal, right? A broken rib didn't stop him from doing what he said he wanted to do. It didn't stop him, right? How many of y'all got that dedication to where even if your rib get broke, you still gonna keep fighting? You still gonna make sure you show up? Not only show up, but you're going to show up and you're going to win. You're going to beat the brakes off your opponent. That's the mindset that you have to have. And what practice allows you, practice allows you the time to see a possible obstacle, maybe even get hit with a possible obstacle. But now you know, now you know how you can overcome this before it's an issue. So, me personally... One of the other reasons why I'm doing podcasting and just trying to stay in front of our audience and constantly speaking is that I have a problem with saying, uh-uh, or oh, and, you know, those filler words. And I know that before I can reach to where I want to reach, I need to make sure that that has been worked out of me, right? And that's what practice is about. 
practice is about working out the kinks, getting rid of the things that you don't need in order to be successful. A lot of people skip over the practice portion. You gotta practice. You gotta practice. Alright? So got praise, got preparation. We understand practice. And now we have obstacles and adversities. And that's what we're gonna talk about next time. So if you would, please make sure that you go to um, Instagram at Jewels and Tools Podcast. That's J-E-W-E-L-S and Tools, T-O-O-L-S Podcast uh, at IG. Um, you can also search us on Facebook. Um, we are on everything. We're on YouTube now. Um for the YouTube, you can just go to the, just do a search for Coach Kale. Um, my channel will pop up and we'll have those housed there. Um, we are also on Spotify, Jewels and Tools Podcast. Uh, we're on Anchor, Jewels and Tools Podcast. We're also on iTunes, um, my favorite. So make sure that you're subscribing to all of those. Um, your support is greatly appreciated. Um, we're going to continue with this series. So, you know, we're going to finish the Ascension Planning. Um, and then next time we're going to talk about obstacles and adversities. Can't wait to see you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I got a challenge. So we try to get these subscribers up. That's right. So what I'm willing to do, if I can get 100 subscribers, um, 100 subscribers are 100 of likes are a mix of both on YouTube. I will actually do a live session where you guys can actually ask me questions and I'll comment on them. But you got to like and subscribe. We need 100. Either 100 likes or 100 subscriptions or 50 and 50, 25, 75, whatever you want. But if we can get a total 100 interactions on this video, I'm going to do a live session. You guys can ask all the questions you want. Um, we'll probably do it for, I'd say, 30, 45 minutes. Maybe even now, you know, if I'm, if I'm feeling froggy. Um, I, I appreciate the support. Make sure you like it. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share. Um, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you next time. Peace.